Happy Monday, my Liberty Kitty Cats. Before we get into today's fifth and final debate of this August debate month, because I decided to throw myself a little birthday celebration. Yes, I am like a teenage girl. I celebrate my birthday all month, and I do it in, in weird fashion by hosting debates, by participating in debates like I did with Eric Brakey back at the beginning of the month. But before we get into the show, I want to thank our friend Top Lobster, who has designed all of the promotional graphics for all five of these debates this month. Uh, many of you have probably seen them being shared around on Twitter, uh, seen them on Facebook, on the posts on our website for the show. And I just want to thank Top Lobster for his amazing artwork. And I, if you guys have enjoyed these interviews, uh, these debates, I should say, uh, or all my interviews, everything you hear in Lines Liberty, I want you to do just one thing for us today. I want you to head over to toplobster.com, not lobster, lobster. L-O-B-S-T-A, toplobster.com. Browse around and pick yourself out something nice because he has got such amazing art, such amazing Liberty merchandise. Uh, I have the Scott Horton and the Wars shirt. Love that one. The legalized freedom hat. Uh, you're going to find something you like. I guarantee it. Do yourself a favor. Get yourself some cool Liberty gear and get yourself 10% off by using discount code ROAR at checkout. Uh, please do give some thanks Give a little feedback, a little kickback, I should say, to our friend Top Lobster for producing these amazing graphics. Uh, I also want to remind you, of course, you could see these debates live as they happen by joining the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty for as little as $5 a month. You get access to all of our bonus content, all of the live streams we do, all sorts of stuff. We, of course, have higher levels. At certain levels, you can uh, have a call with the Lions of Liberty hosts once a month. You can produce an episode of this podcast. Uh, there is just something for everybody. But, hey, you can all afford five bucks, can't you? Help us achieve our goal of podcasting full-time by heading over to patreon.com slash Lions of Liberty. Enjoy the show. We need to empower people. With not just the philosophical tools, but the inspiration to break free from the system. Welcome to the flagship Lions of Liberty podcast, your weekly dose of education, inspiration, and real world application from the top minds in the Liberty movement. If you want liberty, we need to be better leaders, better husbands, better fathers, better friends, better businessmen. I'm very excited. We are here for the the fifth and final debate. We are going to wrap up this crazy idea I had to do five debates on five consecutive Mondays in the month of August here on the flagship Lions of Liberty podcast. And boy, is it a doozy to start things off. I'm going to flip the screen a little bit for the video viewers. So my debaters are up at the top. I'll just be hanging out down here. Uh, but for this final debate, we've got yet another lion. Three of these five debates have featured a Lions of Liberty host. Uh, this one features, of course, the host of Electric Liberty Land, Brian McWilliams, the self-declared debate guru. Brian, I know you hate this question, but are you ready to roar? Are you? You're not going to answer it, are you? I'm ready to stay plugged into Liberty. I'll tell you that much. Mm. Now, we're going to need a, a direct answer on the roaring question to, to proceed <clears throat> based on Lions of Liberty. By you put me in an awkward position. Uh, opposing someone who is not a Lion of Liberty you're almost forcing me into a roaring situation, which I dislike. Um, Rawr. There you go. It's the one and only time. I hate it. I will never do it again. I declare I you the loser of the debate already. Uh, and speaking of which, the man who I'm preemptively declaring the victor due to Brian's poor roaring, uh, 
from the Mises Institute, our good friend, Tho Bishop. Tho, are you ready to roar? I know you are. You're not going to let me down. Oh, you're breaking on. I'm ready to roar. Especially after the touch punch. But you <laughs> oh, didn't yeah. roar. Sorry. But he didn't roar. even roar. I did a, okay. I did a roar. Though, though enthusiastically saying he was ready to roar was still more impressive than your weak All attempt right. and at here's, roar, he's So though again, reiterate for people, because Mark's going to cut out the pre-chat, I believe. Yeah. Remind us again what you're drinking. So a a concoction of your own design Friday that sounds evening. repulsive. Yeah, so I have a Panama City Beach icon. Uh, this is Newbie's world-famous hunch punch. Mix a little bit of Everclear rum and vodka in their own special mix. Uh, so again, yeah, this is a, an iconic Panama City Beach concoction that is responsible for many... <laughs> Many mistakes here in the Redneck Riviera, but I figured it was the proper thing to bring on for a, t a debate topic as important as this. God bless you, man. I, I'm so with it. Really I'm drinking some uh, on Florida right now because like just rolling into the Redneck Riviera and making a lot of mistakes, drinking that stuff. Down, that sounds like a fucking great time to me. So well, that's one of the highlights. I, I got to talk to Kennedy recently, who's a, a MTV oh, nice. DJ back in the day. And I, I, she had well, her own chair. We know. Oh, yeah. She had some, some good PCB experiences during the, the peak spring break era. So uh, good, good time. I love it. I love it. Well, I'm drinking some bullet bourbon, which I've had a couple shots of. I was telling Mark, I, uh, I was all jacked up going into battle. My adrenaline pumping. I was uh, yelling at my wife. Gave her a black eye. She's not home anymore. <laughs> it's fine. Maybe never again. I am drinking too. I'm drinking something that's both manly and delicious all at the same time because it is a whiskey. Uh, but it's screwball peanut butter whiskey. And it's freaking okay. delicious. It's, that is the best yeah. whiskey. If you want to get drunk and also have your dog lick your balls later. <laughs> That's the one to go with. How did you know about my weekend plan? <laughs> I know the strategies, um, man. I'm two steps ahead. My dad's favorite whiskey, by the way, is Screwball. He came and visited me and all he drank was Screwball. Like, all right. What's dangerous about this is that you don't feel like you're drinking whiskey. You feel like you're drinking ice cream. And then next yeah, thing you yes. know, but you've been drinking whiskey for two hours. So there you go. So we'll see. It's going to be an interesting show due to the addition. Actually, Brian, you actually laid out a very specific challenge. Now, we all have drinks here, but you actually laid out. You have a very specific stipulation you wanted to put on this. Is that right? Yes. Every 15 minutes a shot. Now, I've already done three shots, just to let you know. <laughs> and Tho has to do shots of that, of this concoction. Yes, he does. <laughs> yeah, bring it on. I I'm going to set right. a timer for 15 minutes. Okay, this good. is That's my strategy, and I hope it'll pay off well. All right, so, so I have a 15-minute timer. But let's, so let's do one now. Okay. I'll, I'll do a drink now. I just did one! Though and I will do one now, too. <laughs> Nicely done, gentlemen. Right. Nicely done. Now that that's out of the way, now that the formalities are out of the way, we can move on to our resolution. We're going to do a little... A little hypothetical uh, role, a little role play, I guess, of a potential situation that is somewhat, you know, it wouldn't be that crazy for it to come about in 2024 politically. So um, I'll just go to the specific resolution that we agreed upon, which is something to the effect of, because I don't have it right in front of me, but it's up here. Something to the effect of um, if Ron DeSantis were to be a GOP candidate in 2024, libertarians should support him. Even if Dave Smith were to become the Libertarian nominee. And when I'm saying Libertarians here, uh, this is small L. So we're talking about Libertarian people, Libertarian of any sort of ilk. If you're generally in the individual liberty freedom area, we're not necessarily talking about big L Libertarians. Although I'm sure um, Tho would argue that anybody with a big or small L anywhere should do to take that same action. Um, so, of course, in this, Tho will be taking the affirmative. He, he is a big fan of Ron DeSantis, of course, as you can tell by the hat and by the fact that he has lived relatively freely, especially compared to us here in California <laughs> over the last year and a half. Uh, whereas Brian will be taking the negative in that 
he says, no, you should support Dave Smith no matter what. No matter That's my what. whole argument. Always Dave. Um, so <laughs> that being said, uh, since Tho is taking the affirmative here, I will give Tho the first word. I will let you make the case for why, even if we have the amazing Dave Smith, who we all agree is awesome, all agree, spits that hot liberty fire, even if he is at the top of the Libertarian Party ticket in 2024, Libertarians should still look the other way and look over and glance lovingly over at Ron DeSantis. So, though, make your case. Yeah. Well, again, you know, I think the world of Dave Smith, and again, you know, when he's out there, you know, when it's on Kennedy, when it's on you know, the Joe Rogan podcast, all these sort of things, you know, he's one of the best, most articulate defenders of liberty we have out there. And you know, particularly given the last 16 months, when you see people like the Cato Institute and Tyler Cohen and all of these prominent, you know, libertarian, serious people that we're told to respect, you know, they've taken such a, a mushy, uh, uh, you know, really identifying what it really means to be a regime libertarian. You know, where you're accepting effectively the narrative of the state and simply trying to identify justifications, you know, for privatizing your authoritarianism. You know, the fact that you have someone like Dave Smith and, and many of the other Mises Caucus affiliated, you know, uh, LP chapters and things like that, you know, making COVID tyranny, making lockdowns, making mandates, making vaccine passports, the defining element of liberty, you know, in the year 2020, 2021, I think it's precisely this that it makes the case for Ron DeSantis so, so obvious, right? Because I take, I, I think that they are absolutely correct in identifying you know, what DeSantis himself has referred to as the biomedical security state, you know, that really has been, you know, the greatest escalation of government power in the West, you know, particularly you see, you know, Australia, what we've seen in Europe, you know, this has been the, def the defining moment. The fact that you've had someone who has been such an effective fighter on this particular issue, if we really hold this matter to be as serious as it is, and I think we have, and I think we're right in doing so. Then again, you have someone who has been, who has changed the dynamic across the world on this. Furthermore, if we're looking for, you know, really what is the state, and it's, you know, it's not simply obviously the elected officials. They are really just kind of the, masquerading for you know, the 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 facade of of legitimacy, um, you know, at the federal level. You know, it's the role of the corporate press. It's the role of public policy experts. It's the role of the bureaucracy. Again, what has made DeSantis a unique voice in this entire situation is not simply kind of in, you know, reflexively saying no to lockdowns, but developing parallel institutions for medical expertise in this field to scientifically justify his decisions. It's been him going after the corporate press, which no one has, you know, that is now the new focal hub of their attack is, you know, Ron DeSantis and all hit, hit pieces on Florida. Here you, you also have someone that's gone after the non-democratic elements of his managerial state and done so so effectively. It's going to be always easy to identify areas where we disagree. It's true with everyone. But on this particular issue, given the uniqueness of Ron DeSantis, given what we have seen on the ground, this is not us trying to sell ourselves on a Todd Ted Cruz because he occasionally quotes Mises in a, in a conversation. This is not us trying to convince ourselves that someone like Donald Trump who's entertaining um, you know, is himself going to to be this great disruptor, right? You know, we have some of the track record of going after our enemies as effectively as anyone has in modern history. And so, again, given that unique dynamic, as great as Dave Smith is, I think that it's important to take that dynamic seriously, particularly when you consider just how where the Democratic Party is, particularly in this, I think, you know, a Kamala Harris or or anyone from the 2020 election. You know, there is this is not a time to say that both sides are the same. This is not a time where you can identify differences. This is a time we actually have someone that's you know made a difference in liberty in our lifetimes. 
that's Ron DeSantis. All right. There it is, though. So, Brian, tell us, why is the hashtag though Bishop is right? Why is that wrong? <laughs> All right. Well, I, I will start off by addressing some of the points that uh, that Tho brought up. Well, in a broad sense, let me just say, Tho is exactly correct in that Dave Smith is, I think, a transcendent voice in that he's able to communicate very succinctly, which is a very difficult thing to do. Ron Paul, who inspired millions, by the way, was not great at succinctly pointing out the fallacies present in our everyday lives in the government versus the way you, you live your everyday uh, life in a way that people could relate to. That was Ron's failing. Dave Smith does not have that failing. So he is the voice that I think would be able to cut through and already has this access, as Tho mentioned, to mainstream media outlets, et cetera, to fight back against mainstream media voices. He's been doing it the entire time already, and he already has those relationships in place where Ron DeSantis doesn't. Ron DeSantis has been fighting against the mainstream media, which is fair to say, but at the same time, it makes me think of Donald Trump. And it makes me think, how did that work out? You know, we've got a guy who is, yes, speaking against the medical science community or the biomedical security state. I, re I respect what he's done in that regard, because that has been, without a doubt, the fastest growing source of authoritarianism that has you know, had the opportunity to take advantage, to grow, to thrive, and to poison our society. But at the same time, I look at this and say, can we as libertarians support what is basically a one-issue candidate? Because in the broader sense, Ron DeSantis does not bring libertarian philosophy to much of what he does. When you look at it in a broader sense, some of what we care about as libertarians, such as the war, the military-industrial complex, I would say equally large institutions that have an even more insidious presence in our lives by virtue of the CIA, the NSA, uh, by virtue of different different uh, military-industrial complex lobbyists, different ways in which they can attack and undermine the American people while causing us more harm abroad. That is equal as far as a threat level to what we are seeing with COVID. And Dave Smith is good on all those issues where Ron DeSantis has a track record of capitulating and even exacerbating a military-industrial state. So how can we support this man on what is, like I said, I think a one-topic issue when we have somebody who is one of the best communicators in the world for libertarian philosophy waiting in the wings? So I'll let, you, I'll let, <clears throat> let you respond directly since Brian kind of ended with a question there. Yeah, I, was gonna, I, I think you know, it, when it comes to pure rhetoric, you know, that pure, pure liberty shit, you're going to get a lot more from that from, from Dave than Ron DeSantis because Ron DeSantis is not claiming to be a libertarian. I think, however, on the military issue, if, for one, I think we need to recognize that the mission of the military has changed. You know, it's no longer about terrorizing the Middle East. It's now about terrorizing middle America. And who are the people that the military is trying to target? They're trying to target the people that go out and go to Trump boat parades and celebrate Ron DeSantis, right? The, you know, this realignment of the way the military is being used and really kind of the remaking of the, of the you know, again, I think, I think this, you know, the, the concerns about Ron DeSantis have been very valid in 2008, 2018. In fact, the problem is times have changed. You know, this is no longer a war on terror defined federal government. This is a war on domestic terror. And again, on those issues, Ron DeSantis, you know, has been, you know, as, as strong and aggressive as you've seen throughout any elected leader out there. And the, the key aspect here is elected leader. You know, one of the things that you know, made Ron Paul Ron Paul, made him as powerful as he was, was precisely the fact that he was a congressman from Texas. That's a little bit different than being, you know, great stand-up comedian on alternative media networks. I mean, the idea that, for example, that Ron DeSantis couldn't go on the Joe Rogan experience if he wanted to, you know, he, that, would, that would happen, I think, very quickly. Uh, in fact, you wouldn't surprise me at all if you saw Ron DeSantis on Tim Pool at some point, right? That'd be great. Um, but again, this I mean, is that exactly... That would be an interesting show that I would not be surprised to see. <laughs> 
And, and again, this is the beautiful thing is that, again, the way, again, sure, is Ron DeSantis going to be perfect on libertarian issues across the board? Absolutely not. There's gonna be plenty of areas where there's fine disagreement. There's some that I've criticized them for. But when it comes to these issues that matter the most, I think what you're going to end up seeing is not simply the fact that Ron DeSantis, again, as an elected official, you know, given executive authority, has been better than average. I think that what we're seeing is increasingly the language being used in the DeSantis administration. I mean, he's out there sounding like Michael Malice when he's talking about the corporate press. Again, and this is the sort of stuff that matters. And so, again, you know, this is more than simply us trying to sell ourselves on kind of a mediocre, better than average Tea Party candidate. I mean, this is someone who has been the disruptor of federal tyranny, you know, in the last two years. And and and, and, it's, and, and again, and, 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 you know, it's, and he's not a protest candidate. You know, he's not a, a messaging candidate. He's an electable candidate. And so that, I think, matters when we're actually talking about the wielding of federal power. See, I would argue that it, I don't think you can say that he's been somebody that's been fighting back against the state and that he's been a disruptor. I mean, the man was a senator for several, several years. I mean, it, he has a long track record of voting and he voted for the extension of the NDAA. He voted for keeping people in Guantanamo Bay and denying them access to legal counsel. This is a, not a man who is standing up against the government. If isn't it, this is a man who is standing up for government power, who is authorizing more expenditures, more NSA oversight, uh, less freedoms for people who happens to have found a spotlight right now. And we can't say, okay, well, he's changed. And look, people can change, don't get me wrong. But I think that we would see a different Ron DeSantis if we weren't presented with the unprecedented liberty-crushing lockdowns that COVID provided, where he can be a voice against it, but it doesn't erase his views that he's voted for. We see it on paper in black and white over the years. to say, And to say that we should now view him as some sort of disrupting revolutionary, I don't think is fair to say when he has proven himself to be a hawk that is for big government, for more spending. And the military, like I said, this is as big an issue as lockdowns. Maybe not to our everyday lives, but by the time we vote for him, it's probably going to be in the rearview mirror, not to excuse the precedent it's setting. All right, guys, I got to take a quick time out to tell you about our newest sponsors, Paloma Verde CBD. I am so excited about this sponsorship for a number of reasons. One, CBD is a freaking miracle. CBD has helped me with so many things in life, from insomnia to joint and muscle issues. Vanessa and Carlos Abelar, who run this company, Paloma Verde, they are an awesome libertarian couple, the kind of couple you want to support in life, just like you want to support this podcast. Well, guess what? When you purchase your CBD from Paloma Verde over at PalomaVerdeCBD.com, you get to do it all. You get to support this amazing family. You get to support uh, my Latin American community. Of course, I married into a, a Mexican family, so I'm I'm essentially a Latin American at this point as well. Uh, you get to support the Latin American community, <laughs> and uh, you also get an amazing product. Not only all of that, you get to support this podcast at the same time. We, of course, get a kickback from these sales, and and you get a huge discount by using our discount code. That discount code is ROAR, R-O-A-R. Use that discount code at checkout, and you're going to get 25% off your order. 25 freaking percent off your order. And they have awesome stuff. Like I said, my favorites. I have them right here, actually. These uh, premium CBD gummies. These are legit. And I'm not kidding. The, the only bad part about these gummies is that they're so delicious that I kind of just want to eat them all at once. And you really don't need to eat all that CBD at once. Um, the gummies are delicious. These amazing salves they have. I tried one of these salves on my neck. I got a neck issue, guys. My neck's always sore, always hurting me. This salve, it is freaking magic, the salve that I use. You got to check out these products. 
as I chew on, as I choke on the CBD gummy. Um, check it all out. PalomaVerdeCBD.com. Do not forget to use discount code ROAR for 25% off your order. It does have to be an order over $75, but guess what? You also get free shipping over $75, so you're going to want to do it. Check it out. PalomaVerdeCBD.com. Discount code ROAR. Let's dive into this one area a little bit more, because I think this is might be a key to the the entire disagreement in some ways is is the importance of this covid lockdown issue and i think you know though you're framing this as the issue of our time almost the only issue ma- that matters whereas brian you you seem to be indicating that you think that this might not be as much of an issue when we get to 2024 so maybe we can just parse that out a little bit uh though so maybe you can just make the case for why this issue particularly and how good sanders has been on it why this is the most important issue now and why you think it still will be the most important issue in 2024 well, I think that the degree to which the, you know, really it's a technocratic class that is is the big defining power broker right now. The way that they have identified public health as a means of social organization. I mean, I think when we, when we see these these multinational, these globalist organizations, institutions talking about these high, you know, high reaching aspirations about great resets and restructuring the foundations of, of civil society as we know it, I think we should take them very seriously. And again, on that issue, we've seen the public, you know, the, the, the use of public health. I mean, particularly the more that COVID has continued to go on, the, the, the deviations, uh, the variations in the virus itself, the, the waning inefficiencies of the vaccines. I mean, I, I don't think that this aspect of control is going going away, particularly when you think consider all of the other aspects, which is technocratic class is using to justify, you know, the growth as administrative state, you know, global global cli- uh, climate change. Uh, uh, you know, overpopulation concerns, yada, yada, yada. I mean, the, the real enemy here is that technocratic class. And I think one of the things that makes the Santos different is precisely the fact that I think he's identified properly the, the degree to which the experts are full of shit. And so I think when it comes to, you know, even like the military issue, when it comes to foreign uh, uh, involvement and things like that, I don't think, you know, the, the, the Santos approach is going to be, oh, pull away all America, you know, all, um, military servicemen from around the world, bring them home, put them on the board of the old Ron Paul line. I, I wish that was the case, but I don't think it's going to be the thing. But there are very important differences in the way that you can engage the rest of the world. You know, they, there's all sorts of different foreign policy sort of, of, of classes of intellectuals that are very different than the neocons. And there, you know, those different levels of improvement on that foreign policy side of things is important. Um, you know, the, the realist sort of uh, uh, philosophy, you know, foreign policy philosophers and things like that. I think you could see very much an intellectual realignment on that issue. This is about Ryan McMakin and Zachary Zach Yost, the American conservative, talked a lot about that. Again, you know, it's it, it's not quite Roy Roth or Ron Paul, but it's a significant improvement on the status quo. And I think that's what we should be. We should be looking for significant real world changes to the way power is actually wielded in our day to day basis. We should be looking at the way where we can actually realign the ideology behind the levers of power. Because again, while it's ideal, you know, I, I would love to be able to snap our fingers and have like one really, really good like YouTube clip go out there and turn everyone into and you know make us in Capistan. I don't think that's this the way power is going to this be. This is it. Don't fuck it yeah. up. This yeah. is the clip. <laughs> and, and so, like, this is the that's, moment. That, 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 I think forget Dave Smith, twenty twenty four. This is the libertarian moment. Right? <laughs> and, so, and, and so I think that you know, given that environment, I think this is a very unique thing here. And and, and, and the, the, the other side of it, though, is getting, you know, there's plenty of things on on DeSantis's congressional record that are awful. Fine. The thing is, I don't take this shit serious. You know, con- being a congressman is being an actor. It's very different than being a decision maker. And as what we've seen is how Ron DeSantis works as an executive. If he is a president, he's going to be an executive. It's going to come down to firing, hiring decisions of the administration. It's who you hire that is often more important than your own decisions anyway. 
Oh, and, sorry. Uh, is that our whiskey? Yeah. Is that our shot? Oh, those ready. Yeah, I fucking all, love this guy. Let's, let's follow the rules. <laughs> Cheers, gentlemen. Oh, I got to pour mine. I messed up. I didn't pour it ahead of time. But the other interesting thing about DeSantis in Congress is that, again, while there's plenty of votes that are not libertarian, yada, yada, he was always surrounded himself with the right people. I mean, the Freedom Caucus, you know, he, he helped take down John Boehner. In terms of the inner Republican Party stuff, he was already he was always around the better side of things. So, again, there's this larger knack of him hiring the right people in important positions. His press secretary, for example, is like awesome. Like if she's the closest thing that you have to like a Michael Malice press secretary in the field right now. And so, again, he, she has a, he has a very interesting knack of surrounding himself with the right people, hiring the right, the right staff. And, again, when it comes to this position where, as president, you are in charge of putting a lot of people in those decision-making capabilities, get at, in terms of judgment on that, that, again, better than average, better than having to sell ourselves out on just the you know, a Ted Cruz type. I mean, this is a very impressive record here. Well, okay. Well, just one quick thing. So I know you're talking about DeSantis and his press secretary is a Michael Malice type press secretary. Yeah. Dave would literally have Michael Malice as his press secretary. So just, you know, <laughs> point for Dave there. <laughs> but no, only if, only if Michael gets like a Bitcoin a month in salary. Right, I right, right. I believe that was a situation. So we'll see. But hold on, going back, so you know, you talk about the philosophy of this and, and how Ron DeSantis is fighting against mainstream media, which I agree is a poison. It is it is corporate poison fed to us from on high. The thing is, I you know, does Ron DeSantis have more sway with the corporate media and speaking against it than Dave Smith does? Dave Smith says the same thing, and I would argue that Dave Smith has an even bigger reach because he is working within the new media platforms that people are listening to. The older voters that are on Fox News, maybe they'll have Dave on, but Dave already is on Fox News. He's on Kennedy. He has the opportunity to be on those shows already where Ron DeSantis would be on. So it comes down to say, OK, Ron DeSantis might have some talking points that we agree with and some we don't. Dave Smith is still consistently on every talking point that matters on COVID, on the lockdowns, etc. Now, the thing, too, I want to point out about COVID and how... You know, we talk about this being the the issue of the day, the year, the month. Is it going to be still or is it going to be here? Is it going to be gone? When you look at the way in which Ron DeSantis has handled COVID, he has been good on lockdowns, right? He's been pushing back against masks. I take none of that away from him. But there was something I couldn't help but note. And that's that Ron DeSantis still went down an authoritarian path of banning private institutions, private companies from imposing their own requirements that you wear a mask or you wear a vaccine. He is basically arguing that you can't bake the cake. So you see, he still has an authoritarian bone deeply embedded in his body. We can't say that we oppose mask mandates while saying that you can't have a mask mandate as a private company. It's one and the same. It's just a different side of the coin. And he's proven that he is perfectly fine with using his executive orders to be authoritarian. I could be wrong. I don't think he's has a mentho would know about this so but he hasn't banned it's only the school thing the mass and the localities but private businesses can have masks from 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 what i read it was a ban on private businesses or anyone instituting a mask or vaccine passport mandate at their in their place of business so so businesses can have mask mandates if they so desire they cannot have vaccine mandates for entering the store, so that passport sort of thing. They currently can require vaccines of employees. Um, but, but again, like even though in the math, like what you tend to do is have like the school board thing, which is just got thrown out of court, it's gonna be, there will be more lawyers. Um, the, 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 the ban was against in implementing mask mandates. So again, like, if you wanted to show up to school with a mask on, you could do so. Uh, but that being said, I, I, I fully embrace Ron DeSantis on this issue. Yeah, I, I fully embrace not allowing private businesses from from allowing for vaccine passports right now. That's philosophically. 
All right. And then is it a, a violation of, of, of Walter Block libertarian theory? Absolutely. I know that going into it. But the thing is, we don't have a regime of Walter Block libertarianism. What we have is a civil rights regime. And what we have is that, you, you know, as an employer, you cannot discriminate on who you employ based off of certain state-identified you know, descriptions, right? You can't discriminate based off of race and gender and creed and whatever, right? And so, again, if we already have this fa- facility in place, and we should recognize that these vaccine mandates are only the, – the, the, the entire goal is to use – really corporate power in this point because of the employment things. If you're a small business in Florida right now, you're probably not firing people over vaccines just because you need the labor. But what they're trying to do is is carve out and stop the ability of corporations to mandate a, you know, the, the, the vaccines because they because you know you have this much larger federal narrative saying that this is what we need. And so what, what it's doing is, is protecting Florida residents from being from having corporations dictate their medical freedom on this. And so, yeah, is it purely libertarian? Absolutely not. But we don't. But again, what this is, it's a state designed issue designed to protect the people of Florida. Similarly, I support his big tech issue. I think the way his big tech uh, uh, thing was designed here in Florida, we're basically saying that in Florida, we're not going to allow our elections to be manipulated by uh, big tech censoring one side of the discussion. You have this on the federal level, so it's not like some grant, you know, because what you recognize is that in a society that has a democracy, equal time in political speech matters because that directly results in the levers of power there, right? And so again, you know, is this pure libertarian stuff? No, but we're not in a pure libertarian system. We're not building upwards. We're trying to respond to these institutions as they exist. And the problem, one of the problems we have right now in 2021 is that corporate power has been so directly subsidized because of federal regulatory policy and monetary policy that we have oversized corporations aligned with a very specific progressive agenda. And so we have to identify ways that we can actually utilize political power to protect the liberty of our citizens, not simply from the state directly, but from their agents and in this case that includes facebook big tech disney all these corporations and you know not purely libertarian but i'm glad to say this is doing it here in the state of florida well i would agree and i uh, look i'm no fan of big tech but like i said i have to point out uh, the logical fallacy of saying we can't as libertarians argue against a, a, a authoritarian use of power that we don't like and then argue for one that we do like sure. we cannot go down that road because are we trusting ron DeSantis to go down this and be a, you know and do everything we want we can't but also, I just want to point out, you know, we talk about big tech. We talk about how, how it's tied in with government and cronyism, which it 100 percent is. And these people benefit from it. But I have to go back a little bit and look at, you know, looking at who funded Ron DeSantis back in the day. I, I told you he is a war hawk. He is a military industrial complex guy. He is a massive supporter of Israel. He's been, you know, gotten money from the Israel lobby. He's gotten money. Hold on. Let me check. I have my notes here. I came in prepared, though. I came prepared. Um, he was also supported by this is my favorite. The John Bolton pack. Yes. <laughs> the John Bolton pack. <laughs> so I'm just saying we can't say that he is hey, above fairness, and beyond. If some, if some warmonger sent money to Lions of Liberty, I'm, I'm taking the money. Uh, Mark, are you part of this saying. debate? I don't remember you being invited. <laughs> so, hey, look, the whiskey kind of makes me part of this debate, all right? But no, you made the, me part of this. The point I'm making, though, is that we can't say that Ron DeSantis is is outside of big tech and they can't be influenced by X, Y, and Z because we see something that we might agree with. And I'm not in favor of the government interfering in the manner of big tech specifically myself. I like the concept behind it. But again, to the point that he's working, you know, he's doing this good. He's, he's think, doing things that you like. I have to say, you know, he's working within his government framework. He's working within these, you're saying he's attacking levers of power. He's trying to even things out for the people of Florida. But to me, it's still manipulating levers of power to his own advantage. 
And I can't believe that he's, you know, truth of heart, you know, brave heart, dragon heart, whatever it might be. And I also extend that to, and sorry, I have to bring up another point here. You talk about equal time in political speech. You're basically arguing that libertarians should vote for a man who's going to be running on one of the two-party systems, which will not allow opposing voices on the debate stage. So if anything, you're saying equal time for political speech, but you're supporting a man who would go into getting rid of that. Well, I don't, to be fair, I don't think Ron DeSantis is, has any, had done anything to get rid of that. I mean, the fact that he's a Republican with it. Now, personally, I have no problem. I, I really don't care about state laws that ban the LP or any of the party because you have a two-party system. Like, that's the way the functions of power work. And it doesn't offend me morally in any way or the other because, again, what we're dealing with essentially is when we start talking about political systems, you're not dealing with the libertarian framework here, right? You're, you're necessarily starting from state involvement. And so, again, what, how should things act in, in, in a in, in a theoretical setting, it's very different the way they are as, as they exist right now. Again, I'm not, I'm not advocating for stuff. I just don't care. Um, and, and this goes to the other part is that, again, we, I, I'm, I'm looking at how does the world as it exists today? How can we change? You know, what do we have the ability to change when it comes to our interactions with power in society? To what degree is there room for persuasion as an actual, you know, the winning hearts and minds sort of strategy? And how much of it do you actually have to use the coercive tact tactics of the state to help defend people otherwise vulnerable by the system as it currently exists? And again, I think DeSantis has been very, very effective at this. And, and again, Ron DeSantis has done far more for my liberty and, and really for the liberty of everyone in this country. Than, than Dave Smith has on alternative media. And also, one point, just to go back to that, like, Ron, Ron DeSantis going on Tucker Carlson once is more, yeah, it reaches more people than Ron DeSantis, or than, than, than Dave Smith going on Kennedy and like Reagan, and like Rogan well, two or three times, right? So, so you know, at that point, like, he, you know, he already has that microphone to, 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 to say some really interesting stuff there. And so, again, like, because, like, this is the world, uh, you know, we actually have the ability here of, of making a major shift in that level of power. Because again, particularly when the alternative here is is is, is not it's not a question of who should who should win, you know, heads Ron DeSantis or tails Dave Smith. It is should we be indifferent to the outcome of Kamala Harris relative to Ron DeSantis when it comes to our relationship with the state? And again, I, I don't think those two outcomes are close enough to to to, to push you know sort of a third party wish campaign, right? And again, you know, in terms of yeah, sorry. Yeah, go, no, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I wanted to clarify there, like we didn't really expound right, upon right. it in the beginning, but but part of this resolution, you know, the 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 greater scenario we're painting is that we're we're presuming that the Democrat is against like Ron DeSantis and Dave hypothetically is either Kamala Harris or like an obviously locked down, very pro COVID regime, et cetera, Democrat. If it was a different kind of Democrat, this might be a different right. conversation, maybe, or if they're closer together. But you know, just, just to be clear, that's, that's kind of the scenario we're looking at where it's, it's very obvious that the Democrat, the other person who would win if it wasn't the GOP nominee would be very, very pro lockdown just to just clear yeah. that up for the audience. And, and if tomorrow hell opens up and swallows every democratic voter in the world, and, and, you know, we're the left with Ron DeSantis versus Dave Smith, <laughs> then, then we can have a different conversation about that, right? You know, I'm assuming they're the variables that we, we know right now, right? And, and, and then again, when it, when it comes to Ron DeSantis' financier, you know, like, you know, this, you know people, you know, large campaigns take money from everyone, um, which, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, Peter Thiel, for example, has a really weird connection with the CIA. But this like is that. based upon his voting record. That's the thing. It's his no, voting it, record belays that money coming but, in, but, and he I voted mean, with the. Ron DeSantis has taken money from, like, Disney. And, you know, while like there were there was there's some aspects of the state legislation that comes out because Tallahassee, like average, your average republic is totally sold by bought by Disney. Like that's the biggest issue we have. Like, if it's not perfect. I'm not, not trying to say otherwise. But like Disney hates Ron. I mean, you know, Ron Sanders was out there talking about, you know, 
the Trump election, when like Disney was saying, oh, if you ever talk about this issue, you know, we're going to we're going to pull funding. Right. So he's been willing to do this in the past. What's key, though, is that for one, what we have to make is that the the, the structure to keep Ron DeSantis in check is not like, you know, it, it's never going to be legal consistency. Right. You know, legal presidents, constitutional norms. You know, hey, if we don't if we do this and our enemies are going to abuse like that, that sort of that doesn't stop the left. The left is going to do whatever the hell it wants to do. Agreed. You know, regardless of how we treat power now. Um, so what you want to do is you want to create the incentivizing framework so that politicians recognize that it is in their interest to win elections by opposing the feds, by opposing our enemy, the regime. And again, what Ron DeSantis does is he, he is an icon within the Republican Party against D.C. authoritarianism. And again, you know, whether or not we can identify more pure examples and that's OK, fine. But in terms of like. In, in American mainstream politics, Ron DeSantis is the resistance figure of states' rights right now in America. And again, so that's another aspect that, again, it's a superficial quality, but I think it's an important one because of just the way that politics itself is so much a you know, changing your framework of, of you know society itself. Okay, fair enough. But you talk about frameworks. We're talking. We're talking about a framework in which Donald Trump, the ultimate outsider, who embodied so many of the things that DeSantis did, tearing down this, tearing down that. We're going to redo it. We're going to do it differently. How did that work out for him? He was able to accomplish certain things, and those were quickly replaced. He was undermined at all turns. Do you think, I mean, here's the thing is that you, you seem to have an extreme confidence that Ron DeSantis would somehow be able to work it differently, maybe because of his time in government. And because, but if, if anything, that would argue my point that he's part of the system. He's part of the swamp already, and he's part of the levers of government. So he's not going to change shit. But if he is this catalyst for change, why wouldn't we see the exact same thing happen that happened to Trump? Trump 2.0 is not going to be this scion for liberty and for what we believe. If anything, he's going to be undermined at every turn. He's going to be stymied at every turn and prove to be, if anything, more of a divisive point, more of a catalyst for people to say, hashtag resist, put on our pussy hats than Trump was before because they went through COVID and they think that everybody that wasn't a lockdown nut is a psychopath murderer. You know what I'm saying? That, that to me, that's a selling point. I want more division. I want more resistance to Twitter. I want <laughs> more. Hollowers. I, 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 I want death of the Sanders. Yeah, I, I, I want. That's voters. a joke from the pre-show, Chad. <laughs> no, you got to listen to the pre-show for that great joke. By the way, Hollowers. <laughs> that needs an episode in itself. Um, <laughs> I think we all agree that we would all support Ron DeSantis if he would take a strong Hollowers okay. pro Hollowers. Like I said, if the tip of Florida was a big drill that drills in a Hollowers, he's 100 percent got my vote. That, that could be his Kennedy moment. There, yeah, we're, we're going to dare go to the center of the world. Uh, but again, you know, I keep trying to try to think where, where I was at there. Um, That's what I'm talking about. Is, oh, the whiskey adds oh, oh, now. oh, do they go off again? Yep. Uh, yeah, this is why the whiskey adds a different, you know, layer to these things. So People thought it was crazy, but I'm a fucking genius. <laughs> but to, 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 still confirmed crazy, but. Well, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's the best of us all. <laughs> Uh, but, but to the point of the, the, about the division, like, I think that worked. Just, worked I was skeptical of this idea, Brian, but I'm enjoying it probably because I'm really drunk now. I have the, the peanut butter scotch. Yeah, sorry, peanut though, butter whiskey. Good See, when you get me drunk at the same time, there, it's <laughs> the, the odds of me interrupting either of you. Exactly, that's great. <laughs> sorry, good though. Um, so I think the division part works to DeSantis's favor. Um, and again, to the point, it's like, yeah, I think Ron DeSantis looks at, I think Ron DeSantis' decisions with COVID were different than Donald Trump's. I think, and then DeSantis, you know, Donald Trump is kind of the, the ultimate, like, from the gut sort of guy, for better or for worse. Ron DeSantis, you know, he reads this, you know, he, 
Again, and, and this, this, if, 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 if I wanted to make a case against Ron DeSantis, you know, I'd be starting with the fact that, you know, Ivy League trained, military background. You know, I, I get exactly where you're coming from that issue. And if, if it wasn't for the, if, if I would never have thought of Ron DeSantis as a presidential candidate before COVID. And the difference is, though, is that he has done nothing more to to really damage again the way that the federal levels of power actually used. You know, he's already delivered on that, and I think that he's learned from Trump. I think the, I think the, the right in general has learned from Trump. Um, you know, it's a stuff, sort of sort of stuff that's not, not sexy, but like you know, there's uh, Jim DeMint now has an organization that's entirely dedicated. It was built after two, 2018 to stop Republican staffs with like hardcore like nat popular sort of guys and and our sort of folks i've got i've got some friends in that organization they're actually putting in good people i think DeSantis knows how to hire well again that's one of the points i was making earlier is that DeSantis, the way that he's hired within his administration and he, are, he isn't just taking sycophants either i mean he's taking people that endorse his opponent in the primary and like our, our education secretary is like the most hated education secretary by education by teachers unions in the country right that is a, that is a good point for DeSantis. And, and so, and more, than, more than being a good, like this is this you see this play out actually in Congress. Like Ron Paul, when he hired staff, he hired staff that all thought like Ron Paul. Justin Amash, when he hired staff, he hired people from his district. Which golly gosh darn, that's so adorable. But it really didn't help because you had people that really didn't understand. You know, you, you had a lot of people that didn't understand the underlying importance of things. Like you, you literally had staffers in Amash's office that would hide like in the Fed bills from Ron Paul, so his boss didn't jump on it. So it's the ability of hiring staff that you know, Donald Trump did not do a good job of. Like well, Donald Trump's greatest moral failing is that he was way too forgiving. And so like that's the sort of is stuff that different that's alarm. Is this, we have to do like we have to smoke weed at that alarm or what? <laughs> that was Ron DeSantis's people calling me to hire me on the staff because uh, he's, he's an outside, he's an outside he's thinker. He's a, yeah, they're, they're live watching like this guy's an outside the box thinker. Let's bring him in. Sorry, did that interrupt you? Were you finished? Oh, no, no, yeah, 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 that's pretty much done. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me. Okay. Let me change. The topic, real quick. Uh, Are you gonna change the whole the whole topic? No, no, no. I didn't know it's still about Ron DeSantis. Still, how it works. Now, what you talked about, you said earlier, you're like, I don't really give a shit about libertarian third party shit because we're in a two party system. Fine, you can believe that, but us, some of us don't think that way. Some of us still think that we need third parties. Some of us think that you need to push back against the two party system, which just teeter totters with the leaders of power, as you said. I would argue that if we're inciting inciting like we're getting mad if we're if we're encouraging people that are are big l little l to vote for ron DeSantis to vote republican following the performance of joe jorgensen aka the wet fat turd that dropped on all of our heads last election who got one percent everybody underwhelming one percent of the vote far far lower than gary johnson i would say a, a terrible candidate with an embarrassing finish dave smith i believe can get far more than that but Regardless, if you were saying define we should all more. vote, I just want to know what can you define just what you like? What's far more to you? Is I think far, far more, like far more to me. Like 20%? Means, I, I think at least double one percent. But let me finish up That's the point. I, and I think more than that, but I'm being conservative. My point being, if we're encouraging libertarians to abandon voting for a libertarian candidate as one is well-spoken and and, uh, and fire brandy as Dave in order to back the Republican candidate, lowering the vote total to what? 0.25 to who gives a fuck forever status. We are essentially eliminating the Libertarian Party from contention. The Libertarian, the Libertarian Party does not matter. It is the death knell for the party. Would you I agree? Like I was okay with that, but I'll let him. Uh, yeah, no, well, he might be. He might be. But uh, but this is a valid point you have to raise. This would be a death knell following Joe Jorgensen's horrible performance. It would be it would kill the party. It'd be done. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, and I, and I, I'm, I'm in favor of that. I, it's I, probably one of those point yeah. points. <laughs> because because also the, the problem, the entire problem of this entire like Libertarian Party experiment is it's the, it's the problem of the Libertarian, libertarian movement, movement as a general political force, as a cultural force, as, you know, being, there's nothing wrong with, with, with can, since a lot of Libertarians just hate the political process anyway, like, you know, there's pretty, plenty of reasons to get together and talk about really nerdy old books. And I guess what the Mises Institute does, right? This is, and, and, and having out, getting getting together and, and you know, having events, like it's fine just for fun, but it's not a political entity. Because right. most- I, look, I'm anti-reading. I'm with you Floridians there. No reading. <laughs> <laughs> right. so, uh, new resolution. Libertarians should not read. Uh, everybody's affirmative. Yeah, all right. we all agree. Sorry, God. I couldn't resist. <laughs> All right, guys, before we wrap up here, I got to let you know about one of our great sponsors, our longtime sponsors at Lauren Zotti, Italy. If you are a fan of coffee, if you like a nice, fresh cup of joe to wake up in the morning, as I do, you're going to want to check out our friends at Lauren Zotti, Italy. They deliver fine premium Italian coffees right to your door in these nice little tins that look so wonderful sitting on your counter there. And if that weren't all enough, these guys are great libertarians. They are Patreon supporters of this show. They are absolutely worthy of your support. If that all wasn't enough, these guys do more than just sell coffee. They also help other entrepreneurs set up their own coffee businesses, help them acquire equipment, acquire financing, everything they need to start their own coffee business, start their own coffee shops. So you definitely want to check them out for that reason, if that's something that's been on your mind. Either way, just fantastic people at Lorenzotti, Italy. Amazing people, fantastic people. You'll want to support them if you're fans of the show. Heck, even if you're not, if you're listening to this by accident. Check them out anyway. They have great coffee. Lauren Zotti, Italy. You can find them at laurenzotti.coffee. That's L-O-R-E-N-Z-O-T-T-I dot coffee. And you do not want to forget your Lions of Liberty listener discount. Just use discount code ROAR for 10% off your order. And I, you know, I, I think it would be damaging for the LP. But again, I, I don't, I, I've, I've never been, never seen any example of the LP being successful in terms of a political venture anyway. I, I think I might end up having a debate with Michael Heiss on this topic. I look forward, you know, like, it's great. But, but you know, the other, the other side of it, though, is that, again, I, I think that if we're talking about resisting the state itself, we're talking about, you know, opposing, you know, I think opposing the federal regime is different than talking about, you know, state and local politics. You know, taxes are always bad no matter what level, but the federal regime is particularly more dangerous than your local tax, you know, your local county commission, even if it's full of morons, right? So, mm-hmm. so opposing the federal regime, I think, requires activating people that are pissed off about lockdowns and have had their, you know, had suffered the real human casualties of the COVID phenomenon. And so if those are the people that we as libertarians should be doing outreach to, who do you think we're going to have easier conversations with in the context of 2024 politics? Is it going to be the guy that saved his businesses, saved his businesses, or someone that wants to talk about, you know, theoretical philosophical concepts? It's going to be the person that actually did it. Again, like here, here in Bay County, the the, the increased support from for for Ron DeSantis amongst like your your, your grassroots like service industry folks, you know, the bartenders and the servers here in Bay County, which make up the, the biggest percentage of our, you know, of, of our blue collar workforce here. A lot of them were never Trump supporters for obvious reasons, but they fucking love Ron DeSantis because they have, instead of being you know, being killed by this, they've been making more money the last two years in terms of sales because everyone's coming here. I mean, that is, right. that is, that is real life impact. I, mean, I, had a, I had a libertarian friend that was trying to make a big deal recently about like, oh, well, Ron DeSantis still accepts the realms of the state, and so why are you? And it's because like I have friends and neighbors who are never going to read Murray Rothbard, but didn't you know see their livelihood die this last two years? You know they, you know the, the actual quality of life of human of, of, of millions of human beings 
because of his ability to wield power. And, and again, when we talk about liberty, it, the ideas matter a lot. The ideas are in up driving power, the, 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 you know, the whole Mises, Rothbard, all of that, very, very important. But ultimately, though, those ideas in terms of institutions and, and political power need the actual wielding of it to matter. And so the way that you stop you know, these abuses, you know, these dangerous sort of hypocrisies that I'm flirting with or some of this, this, this stuff at the state level, the way that you stop that is just making sure that people that do respect your liberty are the ones with power to begin with. And until okay. libertarians get serious about that issue, then, all, then everything else, if we're just talking on the sidelines, hoping to, to, that, that you know one YouTube com comment is going to change the political process. And historically, well, we've not seen an example like that. You and I, I know, I, yeah, I, you, I, you and I are 100% agreed. And I talk about this on, on my show and, and, and constantly. 100% agreed. Why are we even having a debate then? No, no, no. On, on the, yeah, libertarian philosophy and its it. separation from practical application is a huge problem. And I was just talking about that. I mean, I, I'm something that's a big focus for me. It has to be put in application, real solutions. I agree with you completely. But you were talking about the people that are already inspired to vote because they've had the real life application. They're seeing this people that are furious about COVID lockdowns. Yes, those people are already out there. They already exist. They're already going to be simpatico with our views. We can talk to them. Talking to them and voting for DeSantis are two different things. And I would argue that we don't even need to vote for DeSantis. If you don't think that there's going to be enough people right now without the libertarian vote, right, which is a fairly small vote, I don't think it's going to push him over. I don't think we're going to be spoilers. I think there's going to be enough after COVID that he's going to have plenty of emphasis to push him over without our little votes going his way. And that just like I was saying with the death knell for the Libertarian Party, my problem with ignoring Dave Smith, which is basically what you'd be doing to go for DeSantis, is that you are depriving the Libertarian movement not even ignore the political party. You're depriving the movement of somebody that should be given a massive platform to communicate our ideas, Ron Paul-like, and you are eliminating that from happening. I'm not, he is. By going with the LP route, he is choosing, boy. He is choosing <laughs> to, to, to not run, to, to not take advantage of the Ron Paul strategy. Because what did the Ron Paul strategy do? He ran in the Republican primary. He used but the he also was a sitting, But he also was a sitting okay, senator. Uh, even, uh, so, so, so in this case, you simply mix it. The, the congressman, the, excuse me, not that, that's why, so, so the model here is a mix between Ron Paul and Andrew Yang, right? And I, I, I'm in favor of a, uh, of a Dave Smith presidential campaign in 2024. He should just do it in the, Ron Paul, in the Republican Party. Imagine if you had him, Dave Smith, as, as a, a, you know, you're not going to win the whole thing. I mean, it's like a, yeah, but he's not going to win the LP anyway, right? But to have an inf informational campaign using Republican primary debate stages the same way Ron Paul did, you know, with the change of dynamic here on the foreign policy side, David Smith's rhetoric would be more potent on that stage than, than, than a, a third party debate platform, which he's never going to get with the other two candidates. And within he that, would the never reason, get there. And, and, and sure, there's no reason not. He's, it's it's going to be easier to get on the Republican primary debate stage than ever is going to be as a libertarian candidate to get on the big three. It's going to be easier. I, to, like, that, that is the platform to use if you want to do this sort of campaign. And to the point, I love the strategy. Oh, well, Ron DeSantis is going to blow out Kamala. You know, it's, it's going to be so successful anyway that we can just have this little sideshow. Well, if we think that Ron DeSantis is a very good chance of having that power, then what we should be trying to do is build our relationships as a liberty movement, however you want to define it. Like we need Dave Smith being the sort of person that Ron DeSantis respects, right? That would do more than a third party challenge right there. How is being a, a sycophant going to be something that you respect 
And uh, Top Lobster coming in and booing me. Fuck you, Top Lobster. No, I see. I, I just I, I disagree with this completely. I don't think that us tying in. Look, we can have a conversation with these people without being political aligned to them. And I don't think they're going to respect somebody that says, all right, we're tossing in with you Republicans, whatever. It doesn't gain us anything. It reminds me of the Jorgensen campaign when they, Kamala Harris was named VP going, hooray, we're so happy. Uh, another woman of colors in the race. Who are you kowtowing to? People that already are going to vote Democrat that agree with the Democrats and uh, on far more issues? It just rings hollow to me. I don't think we're gaining anything. It's good talking points, but politically as a party, what? We're going to say, hey, we're voting for you guys. And they're going to say, thanks, little brother. Thanks for your fucking support. We don't give a shit. You're back in the minor leagues. That's what has happened throughout time. That is what will happen again. But, but it's not true. I mean, in the Trump administration, for, 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 every, for, for the well, when you combine it with the Koch brothers, absolutely playing a terrible hand in the way they handled that. You had I Koch, mean, the, Koch the, brothers who also were a donor to Ron DeSantis. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I mean, again, I'm, I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm part uh, of the Koch brothers. They uh, uh, the Trump administration was full of libertarians. I mean, you, you had Cato employees and over in charge of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. So, like the idea that you, you simply have to like, you don't have to be a sycophant. You just specialize in areas of common agree- agreement. You've had more Republican politicians retweet Tom Woods and 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 Ron Paul and these sort of people. They've had ever had libertarian cam- campaigns, you know, make an impact, right? You 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 can have seats at the table where you can you don't have to agree on every single issue. There's plenty of people that Ron DeSantis had major in, uh, uh, disagreements with on other policies that have been part of decision making process of his administration. And so again, you don't need to simply be a sycophant, but we do have to. You have to do those engage respectfully with. The players that are actually going to have authority, right? And so you could you could either be a voice in the wilderness doing a pure, a pure communication campaign, but again, you do not need to run for president to do that. Yeah, you know, Dave Smith can go on all these podcasts, do Alton Media, do Kennedy, and and spit that hot liberty shit without ever filing paperwork to run for, for, for run for politics, right? But if you want to do that political process, then what you need, then, then there's ways of having actual decision making power in areas that you specialize in that don't require being a, a complete sycophant without a spine. And also don't require running in opposition to someone like Ron DeSantis. You can be part of the alliance. And we should be trying to be libertarians tend to have the most impact when we are part of much larger alliances. I, I agree and that we can. I look at Rand Paul and his influence on Trump, and I view that as a good thing, even if he had to eat some dick along the way. But I have to come back to this. And we're two minutes from another shot, by the way, just FYI. OK, uh, okay. We, I, I have to come back to this. I brought it up early on, but I wanted to get into different topics to explore this, you know, and, and, and talk about different angles for, for this discussion. But I have to come back around to the fact that, look, if we're talking about, yo, let's get involved. Let's talk to these people. Let's get on board. I cannot get around the fact that this man still, to go back to the issues that matter most to us, and I give credit, he's been good on drugs. DeSantis legalized, inhaled marijuana. Great. Love it. He's been good on lockdowns. Isn't he, hasn't he not been great on, on the marijuana issue in Florida? I've, I've heard mixed. I, he I, he, he opposes outright legalization, but he did stop Republican attempts to ban leaf medical, uh, medical marijuana. So, yeah, that's, okay, so he's so he's not very good, but good. Good-ish. Yeah. Good-ish. He could be worse. He could be worse. Yeah. He's yeah. reading the room. Yeah. So, but I have to come back to this fact. Like when we talk about libertarian support for Ron DeSantis, we talk about you're casting a vote to put a man in the most powerful position in the world. I cannot get around the fact that he has traditionally uh, unabashedly been a war hawk. And I personally have a hard time casting my vote. And look, Donald Trump, he ran, not that I voted for Donald Trump, but he ran on ending regime change, reigning in the wars, all this shit. And he did that somewhat, but he still murdered people in Yemen. I don't believe that Ron DeSantis is going to bring anybody home uh, and he's going to keep continuing the war in Yemen. He's going to continue to push war against. Hold on. Time for shots. I can't. I have to do it in the middle of my sentence. (sighs) 
Yeah, that's part of the trick of this game, huh? He's going to continue to push war against Iran. He voted several times to not talk to Iran to stop that whole mm-hmm. nuclear war treaty. He is going to continue to push all of our most militaristic instincts. I, as a libertarian, cannot vote for somebody that I know is going to fucking kill people overseas and is fine with suspending habeas corpus for people. I cannot support that. And that's something I cannot get my brain around. Even if he's great in lockdowns, even if you believe he can be good on so many issues, you are basically saying, I'm okay with the worst aspect of our foreign policy. I am okay with murder. And I cannot get around that. I think that well, Ron That's DeSantis, dropping the hammer, yeah, baby. He's no, no, dropping no, no, the no. hammer. But you know, <laughs> if, if I thought that I could vote to stop that, my vote would be different. But I don't. Again, I think the alternative is team to red. Vote for team, it. Team, yeah, the, the, the difference is team red or team blue. This is one point I want to. I think we need to dig into a little more. Is is the realpolitik aspect of this? The fact that I think we probably all agree, and Dave Smith probably are, also agrees that he's not going to win the election, even if he went takes over the Libertarian not Party. Win. Everything no, goes not well. Win. Yeah, everyone here agrees on that. So I guess the difference is the question we have to look at is is then then cultural. Influence. How does however how does however you vote influence what actually happens and in this scenario if you guys both agree dave isn't going to win even if he becomes the libertarian party candidate and if he gets on all these hot platforms or what have you which he probably will um then we still get either ron you know forget ron DeSantis. we still get someone that's probably going to be still you know overseeing this this you know military complex and what have you so i guess i guess what i'm what i kind of want to dig into a little bit more then is is i guess for this is more for brian maybe right now is like how much do you do you see like the the value? How how much value do you put in having the pure libertarian message specifically on the libertarian party platform? If you knew it would, if you knew the end result would be someone, no matter what, no matter what, how anybody votes, someone's going to basically kind of generally support the military industrial complex. But the difference would be that if the if they support the COVID regime or not, and and like how much how much having the libertarian platform as that that pure sort of alternative matters if the result ends is you know could could if it could because you're kind of a, we, we assumed earlier that the libertarian vote wouldn't matter but let's say dave smith like you're saying can double that vote get to three to four percent in a few states that would definitely matter like in florida that could actually matter so uh, is there a point where it could matter enough that you would actually think maybe dave at the end if this in this scenario we're playing out should say Wrap it oh, up, Garth. Is this is the longest question there, ever. It's like four minute long question. You're the one that had me do whiskey shots every two seconds. <laughs> if it... I don't even know the question anymore. See, look at you, Dad. He broke my concentration. No, I'm saying, is, is there a point where you might think, okay, now it's ob- now Dave's got his message out there. Maybe he's been running a great campaign, getting on platforms, but it's obvious he still wouldn't win. Should he at some point maybe toss the toss? Would you support him at that point? Maybe at the last minute, like saying, look, I got my message out there. The Santa sucks on this stuff that is gonna that everybody sucks on. Maybe vote for him if you're in a close state because he's so much better on this thing. Is that something you would even like would be in your wheelhouse? Okay, or do you think so, no, we should always stick with this pure message? Let me answer okay, so so uh, two points on this question. Number one, so wow, that was, must have been a long question then. It was an exceptionally long question. I didn't even know it was so long <laughs> I had a hard time following it. Uh so I'm just gonna drink more whiskey. Fuck two it. points on the question. Number one, I had kind of hinted at this before, but you know, it's just that it Dave being a voice, he has the chance if he gets 0% of the vote, if he gets 2% of the vote, he's not going to be a voice. He'll have his own podcast. He'll be regulated at the, the quarry of failed candidates. He'll have as much of a voice as Bob fucking Dole had a voice. 
I think it's essential to vote for that because, like you said, if it's not going to matter anyway, I would rather cast my vote for somebody that is going to have a splash and be able to continue to influence culture and society in a very eloquent, very succinct manner as Dave does. And I feel like he has the best opportunity to do that with getting a decent amount of support, a respectable amount of support from the general populace where you say ex-presidential candidate, a guy who we say... Like Joe Jorgensen, nobody gives a flying fuck about Joe Jorgensen. If Dave Smith can get a respectable 3 to 4% of the vote, even whatever, 2% of the vote, he is respected. He got multiple millions of votes. He is going to be a factor in the culture conversation. That is very important to me. Second question, would I be opposed to Dave Smith saying, look, I don't support everything Ron DeSantis did, but if you want to vote for Ron DeSantis, go for it. That's a Dave Swift, Dave Smith question. Um, Dave Swift. Dave Swift. Swifty, Swifty like Smith. Changed his name. That's a question for him, Dave man. I, I personally, I don't know. Um, you know, I'm not fucking best friends with Dave. Sure, he stays in my outhouse, but I'm not best friends with Dave. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think he would endorse Ron DeSantis for the same reasons that I brought up. But at the same time, maybe... Maybe, man. I mean, I, if he did it, would I turn my back on him? No, I would I would definitely be disappointed because, as I said, I've made the argument based upon the factors that I'm taking into, into play here. And I think it's a mistake for libertarians to blindly support DeSantis. If you're in Florida, fucking vote DeSantis, man. Go for it. But for libertarians as a whole, I think it is going to hurt us and hurt the liberty movement as a whole in the when long run. When you say run. that, just to be, just clarify, when you say if you're in Florida, do you mean like Vote for him for governor, governor, or do you mean vote for him for president? Even if Dave Smith is running, if you're Floridian, is that I'm just. I say go for up. it either way, man. You're in Florida, go for it. I, I mean, I, I'm not going to tell you to goddamn vote for Dave Smith. So are just, you agreeing with Tho now? <laughs> no, I'm I, no, I'm not. But if you're in Florida, to those point, you're directly impacted by what DeSantis did. If that's your, I mean, if you're in Florida, you might want to vote against him because you might want to keep him as governor. Yeah. If anything, you know, that, no, that's, that's, the that's a very good that's point. Yeah. There. That's a very good point. Yeah, not be good fun. Well, what do you think about that, though? I just to just to play that out. Like, if you had a choice, well, I guess he can only get two terms maximum. So I think is he up for? Yeah, no, I, I'd, I'd be fully in favor of eliminating term limits in Florida and just having, uh, you know, the, the, yeah, yeah, DeSantis. The, the irony is DeSantis wants to eliminate. He wants to uh, have term limits. Yeah, everyone knows when they're running for, <laughs> running for office. Um, but but I, I think this point about like. The, the, the potential of Dave having like a 3% LP run, making him an even larger cultural figure and that having a, a, a positive impact on, on I, I, I think that is the best argument out there for the candidacy. And, and cause I can, that's why I saved it for last yeah, baby. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, imagine if, for example, like, I mean, you, you actually had that reflected in pop culture. Like, that'd be very, very cool. But I, I, I think that though, if, if you're looking for a candidate that has had a similar sort of impact, for for much much worse reasons and, and without any of the you know, you know he's he's, a, he's far inferior to Dave in every way but it'd be like Andrew Yang right Andrew Yang as a candidate in the Democratic primary had that sort of energy going for him I mean he's he's, he's a he's you know far squarer than, than Dave you know he's he's that's, that's racist Yang. number one but go ahead <laughs> yeah, far worse driver than Dave you know like, you know it's, it's, <laughs> But but like that's the sort of impact. Though. Again, I, I, I'm I'm all in favor of of Dave Smith, dis, you know, dissenting vo a political voice out there in the wilderness. But again, like, so what is the best way of taking advantage of that? Because ultimately, with, I think within in here you have an opportunity to not simply influence culture and, and it, with it, within a vote the actual political process in someone like like DeSantis. But again, I fully I would love to see a a, a Dave Smith 
you know, uh, uh, going after the regime in the in the Republican primary because he can he can deliver everything that Brian wants from the, an LP candidacy, except with it just not affecting ultimately the vote when it comes down to the actual lever of power. Because again, like the, the difference between a DeSantis and a Kamala Harris is not the difference between a Bush and a Kerry. It's it's, it's not even the difference between a Bush and a Gore. You know, politics have changed in the dynamic to which the the left has absolutely no restraint in the federal level. And for far too long, the GOP has been a, a useful, you know, foil, you know, like a controlled enemy of the left. And the result is that the federal regime is what it is. Here we have something that we're, we're you have someone that has the best record we've possibly seen in mainstream politics in a very long time, stopping that aspect of that power. And again, I think losing sight on that particular moment, taking it for what it is. And, and, and there's there's other people out there on the right. The, the beauty of this political moment right now is that the only interesting aspect in the American right is not something Ron DeSantis. You have Tucker Carlson out there that just throwing body blows on a nightly basis against the John, again, you know, against the, the Lindsey Grahams and the neocons. I mean, you have people openly you know, making fun of Dan Crenshaw and things like that. Like that, all that conversation is happening with the mainstream Republican circles right now. And again, we should be feeding in, you know, that, that's who we should be trying. Like, imagine Dave Smith on Tucker Carlson. Like, that's what we should, you know, we're, we're talking about. I think he'll get there. I think running as libertarian, he'll get there. He'll get on Tucker Carlson running as libertarian. I promise you. He might get there before he even runs as libertarian candidate for president officially. He'll get there. He's been on Rogan. He's he's becoming I mean, a mainstream media. He'll the get there. The second Dave Smith runs against Ron DeSantis, he becomes the enemy of Tucker Carlson's viewers. And that's the problem. And, and he becomes the hero of many people that are opposition to the two-party state, which is a lot of the younger people yes. that we want to reach. The future of who we're trying to reach is who Dave is reaching right now. We're, it's either, here's your choice. You're either buying into the current situation and saying, we're going to go all in. We're going to become one of the levers of power and ignore the potential for actual change down the road. Or we're going to embrace that and realize that Dave is a messenger for, that can reach these people, that the younger generation coming up does recognize the two-party system. They are revolting against woke culture because it's the predominant culture, and they will be open to our message. But we have to have somebody who can deliver it. And if we squash Dave by saying we're libertarians for DeSantis, we are cutting that opportunity off right at the fucking base. We always romanticize the idea of these people that simply think both sides are equally garbage and therefore do not vote. That doesn't, that hardly exists anymore. They get like 75% turnout last election, the highest in like over a hundred years. People got off, maybe people you know, got off the couches and actually voted for whatever, you know, you know, you know that, well, they didn't thing. get off their couches. Yeah, they, you know, yeah, they, just, yeah, they, they had they had democratic operatives. They yeah, had democratic operatives go to their houses and fill up a ballot and have them sign it, and then they put them. We had the largest turnout, though, and, and, and the result of that was a very contested political cycle, right? So again, the idea that oh, if, if only we reach out, like you know, if, if it's the alt media crowd that really is the silent majority in America. No, it's not. I'm sorry, it's not. The, the, the majority of the crowd that we should be reaching for as libertarians is the 50 million Trump supporters that know the last election was stolen from them. Your, your average boomer Republican is more radical than your average libertarian in the way that we are right now. And you don't reach those people by being their enemy. And so, like, for example, Shane Hazel neuters himself as a viv, as a vessel for, for, for educating people on like, opposing the, the murder cult or whatever term you want to use. Because the majority of that population had a strong opinion on whether you should have a team red or team blue person in the Senate, right? That's the problem: is that like it or not, we can't. Us being right and in us, in, in, you know, in, in our own minds, doesn't matter if we are not being perceived as being allies to other people. 
And so again, Dave can do that by if Dave on the, on the primary stage and you know, trying to run for the team red and then you know, gets, his, gets his opportunity out there. He doesn't even endorse Ron DeSantis. I mean, Ron Ron was fine. You, know, he, you, you there's you know, but you, if you if he runs as team yellow though and interjects himself in a campaign running actively against Ron DeSantis, that anyone that's a supporter of Dave, their ability to communicate to your average Republican voter becomes harder. And so, again, as, as the people in the room that have, I think, the majority of the right ideas when it comes to the proper scope of political power, we should be doing everything we can to, to, to give us advantages and not disadvantages when it comes to communicating to the masses as they currently where they are actually are. But you're talking about I said, this, I said this sorry, you're talking about positions. Every every position Ron DeSantis is good on. Dave is also good on and better. And the population at large is war weary. They see this fucking, you know, like they're trying to politicize because the military industrial complex and the media want Afghanistan. They want war. I feel we have an opportunity now. We're not going to win. That's for sure. But you have an opportunity now where people are seeing through the fucking veil. They're seeing that there's other alternatives out there. There's more hunger now for a third party candidate. If you look at the polls than ever before, why would we not take advantage of that? Because people lie when they take a poll. I, I, the polls are nonsense. I mean, they, everyone says, oh, I don't like the two candidates. And they don't vote that way. I mean, they can say whatever the hell they want. But, but Dave Smith is not better than Ron DeSantis on every issue. On the issue that Dave Smith himself has identified as the most important issue of our day, which is COVID and lockdowns, Ron DeSantis is objectively better than Dave Smith. That's today. He's done it. That's today. Okay. What about in 2024? Well, I mean, the number one issue of the day then is going to be hollow earth. But like, what, you know, I, I, can't, <laughs> I, I can't predict what's going to happen. For, you know, like, if, if Ron DeSantis you know, uh, uh, builds a Florida yeah, military and invades <laughs> Afghanistan in the name of Israel— then maybe this debate is different in a year, right? I, I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, I don't think some. That's I, like, I was just going to say, presidents. This this I'm sounds like a TBD <laughs> debate. I still think I won, but I say TBD. I'm envisioning. Every year, a bunch of dudes with mullets dropping, air dropping into Afghanistan on crocodiles <laughs> or alligators, whichever one is more prominent. Look, I'm I'm proposing this right now because this honestly has been flamingos with freaking laser beams. I think this beaks. has been a very fun, uh, very intellectually stimulating conversation. I would propose well, we're close to a shot. We are very close to a shot, by the way. I propose we continue this someday no, no, in Florida I have a, in person. I, have, oh, I totally agree. I was going to say, it is Friday, August Brian's, 27th. My uh, father lives in, in Tampa. My so parents live in Tampa Bay, so I'm done. Where are you at? Petersburg? No, where are you at? Oh, I'm, I'm, the Redneck Riviera. Yeah, Panama City Beach. Oh, that's right. You said Panama City for your disgusting drink. Yeah. It's like three yes. or four hours north of, Panama, of Tampa. Uh, I propose, TBD, this has been a fun, <laughs> interesting conversation. I propose we do this. Once a year. Okay. <laughs> I'm down. Yeah, well, this will yeah. be relevant a year from now for sure. I think it'll be, I think it'll be evolve. It'll be fun. Dave, watch. Well, Dave will become a fucking now, communist. From the, <laughs> be like, well. Live from the Redneck Riviera. <laughs> Who's the <laughs> asshole now? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, I, I think we've, we've come about as far as we can get, we can go here. And we'll, uh, we'll continue it maybe in person. Well, we have one more. Perfect, we have a minute but, um, and 40 till a shot. Should we just okay. do it now? All right. We should do it now. Yeah, let's do the shot now. Then we'll do closing statements post shot. That seems like the best thing. All ever. right. Though so, this has been a uh, very We're enjoyable. This one up. Gentlemen, all your cheers. Hats. Woo! All right. Um, Tho so got the first word. No, he could go. So he could go first. Last word. I'll get. The, I want no, the last word. Okay. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying in a in a convoluted way. I'm saying because Tho spoke first, I will let you speak last, which means Tho can. Close first, so do that. Well, again, yeah, thank you so much, much Mark, for for having us. So, so. Yes. 
Has anyone ever said that uh, before? Uh, Photo. A few times. A few times. But yeah, thank you, Mark, for having us. Yeah, thank you, Brian. Every fucking day. <laughs> That's, I, I guess an interesting one. But yeah, this has been a fun conversation. I think it's an important one. Yeah, I mean, the good thing is that, you know, one of the things that is very easy, I think, yeah, no one I did, I can, can see all of the major issues that are out there in the political system more than the people that, you know, your listeners, this audience, right? You know, we're living in a very dark timeline. You know, the, the, the goal is to, to repeal the 20th century, as Mary Rothbard said. You know, I think that we have, yeah. you know, that there are, there is reason for optimism, though. And, and it's a reason for optimism when you have the greatest experimentation in federalism and modern American politics that, that we've seen play out. It leads to a lot of, you know, I'm, I'm glad I'm not in California. I'm glad I'm not in Michigan. I'm glad I'm not in New Jersey and New York. You know, it has allowed for, for state governors to really go to very extreme and dangerous places. You know, but it's also showed that there is still a genuine hunger within the American political system, within democracy, for people willing to stand up for, you know, a, a basic understanding of human rights, right? In, individual, you know, perhaps not to the extent we want it all the time, but you know, there is still that resistance in that American spirit. With Ron DeSantis, we have the most effective legislator in modern American history acting on this within the executive level. And I think that we as libertarians, we're looking to try to figure out how to make better, not best. With the system that currently exists, we should recognize the value of these executive models. I think what the, the same uh, example should show us, though, is that instead of focusing on these congressional sideshows and get really, you know, it, it's the Twitter accounts, things like that, like there is an important role right now, the, the most important level of power we have at that state level. And is identifying more people who can wield power the way that DeSantis has during the COVID regime in protection of those citizens. And so the more that we as a libertarian movement can learn from the successes of Ron DeSantis, even if you are a fan of Dave Smith, even if there's there's issues that he has that make, you know, would never allow you to morally vote for him in a larger system, fine, whatever. I'm, not gonna, I'm never going to vote shame anyone. But there is something that we need to uh, – that there are lessons that we can learn from his example – and again, for those that are interested in, in politics at all as a solution to liberty, we should take that very, very seriously in spite of those differences. And if we do not want to be involved in that political process, that is also okay. But we should recognize that you are avoiding these sort of political topics rather than you know being you know, trying to engage with them half-heartedly and, half, and, and unseriously. Because in the stakes of, as, we, as they are right now, you know, we need to take these questions of limiting the abuse of the state very, very seriously. And and again, take advantage and, and pursue whatever we feel is the best outcome for for our specific situations and skill sets. And uh, again, I, the Santas it, it is just very very good for me as a Floridian to, for for the first time you know, ever since I became an ANCAP to actually have some level of pride uh, for the government regime that I live under. Because again, I have been freer than most people for the last you know fourteen months now, and I'm very appreciative of that fact. All right, Brian. Time to wrap it up. Tell everybody why you've been more free here with me in California than no, that's, <laughs> that's an impossible <laughs> argument to win. It's literally an impossible to debate. Uh, what? No. Thank you for hosting, Mark. Though, as I said, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you for taking part. Thank you for uh, and for coming in. You know, it's funny. Like, uh, Though took the debate late on. It was like a fighter. Like there was a, a fight lined up. And then Buck Johnson dropped out. Someone didn't make and weight. And Phil was and like, then, uh, I'll stand. It was like fucking uh, Hunger Games. I'll come and fight. <laughs> so Thoe stepped up. I will. I will take this up. So good job, Thoe, coming in. Uh, a solid, you know, good arguing. Coming I think hot. I made fantastic points. I think Thoe made points 
To which Nothing. I will simply <laughs> say, the what? <laughs> Here's a mic drop. Right done. Right yeah, done. Waiting all ding, the man to say it. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> And that's the entire that's it that's it the what the what i'm doing another shot to you the what all right i think we should do one more shot okay and then we call it a, I've got a new panama city beach uh, 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 flask for reinforcements here my, my summary of this debate is that it was really fun and that i very much want to do this in florida yes i agree completely Within the next year, you know, we can make that happen. I've got it. I've, I've got. I know a good caterer, and I've got. Dude, I would venue. love that See, shit, man. I, we've been talking about doing live events for Lions of Liberty for a while, actually. You start talking about catering, yeah. and I'm in. No, it'd be a lot of fun. All right, gentlemen. Well, um, you guys are both ruled. I expect. I, I love you both in uh, very different ways, and for their very different reasons. But I think you're both doing yeoman's work out there in the liberty world in your own ways, even if with very different perspectives on this issue. But I agree with what Tho said that regardless of your thoughts on this, this is an important conversation to have. It's an extremely important conversation to have because the three of us would probably, if we just spelled out our philosophy, would all probably agree on 99% of it or so. Um, but when we try to take this libertarian philosophy and apply it to the real world and apply to current politics, it does get trickier. And I think we all agree that it does get more nuanced at that point. And and so I think that this conversation is the most important conversation we can have overall, whether it's talking specifically about uh, Dave Smith and Ron DeSantis or just in general, how libertarians can put their um, put their philosophy into work and can change the philosophy to praxis and get it to really take action in their own lives and the, and the lives of others. This is the, the very much in the, in the broader sense, the most co important conversation we can have. So I appreciate both of you guys coming on here, getting absolutely shit faced with me. And good job though. So, keeping it together with the shots. I, yeah, I was, I thought it'd be a huge advantage for me. It was, but not to the extent I thought it would be. Well, I've got to thank my sponsor, Miss Newbies, the, the, the iconic, <laughs> the mothership here in Panama city beach. So yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, gentlemen, great stuff. Keep up the great work. Keep on roaring. Roar. Wow. I thought we were going to do the whole sign-off thing. I was disappointed. Oh, you want to live yeah, long Yeah, man, let's live we long and live free. And I'll do that. I hate the stupid roar crap in the beginning. Let's live long and live free. <laughs> all right, well, in that case, everybody, please join me in, uh, in saying that I hope all of you out there will always, at least until next week, live long and live, live free. Free. free.